It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The Locked On NBA Fantasy Minute is presented by PrizePix. PrizePix is the most fun you can have playing daily fantasy basketball and winning up to 25 times your money. Go to prizepix.com slash LockedOnNBA and use the code LockedOnNBA for a first deposit match up to $100. We are very much in the thick of the fantasy basketball playoffs. You might be starting it this week. You might be already in it. It might be a week away. And at this point of the year, with only five weeks left in the entire regular season, Playing the schedule is the most important thing. So this week, the Minnesota Timberwolves and the Los Angeles Lakers play two games only. So any fringe players you have from those teams, even guys, yes, like Kyle Anderson replacing Kyle Anthony Towns, that's not worth it with two games on. You need to be stacking extra games and you need to be looking at the teams with four games. You need to be looking at teams with games early in the week and then switching them out for teams with more games later in the week. Get more games in, play the schedule, be cutthroat with injuries and get players in to get yourself success for fantasy basketball. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. We are on NBA Draft Eve. Welcome to NBA Draft Eve. So today, we're going to ask the questions the Magic must answer on draft night. That plus some trade happenings around Orlando. Well, not involving Orlando, but around where they're picking. Coming up on today's Locked On Magic. You are Locked On Magic, your daily Orlando Magic podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team Every day. And John Magic today is June 21st, 2023. My name is Philip Rossman-Reich. I'm the expert in site editor over at OrlandoMagicDaily.com. Of course, follow me on Twitter at PhilipRR underscore. OMD. On today's episode of Locked On Magic, we're going to talk about the big questions the Orlando Magic have to answer heading into the NBA draft. We'll get to all that, plus the trades that could shake up the league coming up here in just a moment. But first, we want to thank you again for making Locked On Magic part of your day every day, no matter when you listen to us, whether it's first thing in the morning, whether it's right when we upload. We truly appreciate you making Locked On Magic part of your day every day. Remember, there's a great Locked On podcast covering every single team in the NBA. Just search for Locked On and the team you're looking for, the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team every day. Today's po- today's podcast is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit fanduel.com slash locked on today to get started. This NBA draft for the Orlando Magic is important. Every draft is important. I don't, I don't want to minimize how important Every draft is, but the sense that I'm getting and the feeling that I'm getting looking at this draft is that while it is important and adding a key player is a good thing, I'm not going to say it isn't, it is not essential. The Magic don't need a home run on Thursday night. They don't need to get their next superstar like they've had in so many other drafts before this. They can work for a single. They can work for a double. They can work for 
a player who maybe isn't the most talented, but fits the team the best. And this is like the essential question of every draft. What I'm talking about today, what I'm mentioning today is, is nothing new. It's not anything crazy. It's not a debate. It's a debate that rages for every single team and every single draft, every single pick. Fit or fit and need or best player available. It is the philosophy that is so tricky. And especially for this Magic team, it is probably the biggest question. Because this Magic team already has a lot figured out, or at least they think they have a lot figured out. They have Paolo Bencaro and Franz Wagner, so both forward spots are well accounted for. They have Markel Fultz and Wendell Carter, two guys who still have a lot to prove, don't get any of us wrong, but still but still look pretty solid. And then there's Gary Harris, Jalen Suggs fighting for that two-guard spot. The Magic feel, I think, pretty comfortable with both options. So on one hand, you're looking at a team that, yes, took a very sizable step forward last year, winning 34 games. That was the last team eliminated from postseason contention in the Eastern Conference. That believes very clearly, and the players do at least, that they could be a playoff team next season. And all of that, the depth chart, the roster, roster construction, all of that would lead you to believe that, yes, it does make sense for the Magic to just draft on need. They need shooting. So, yes, we've talked a lot about Grady Dick, Jordan Hawkins, even a little bit Taylor Hendricks. Yes, the Magic need four depth. So, Taylor Hendricks, back on the board. Jairus Walker, back on the board. But... That obviously doesn't satisfy everyone. That obviously doesn't take the full advantage of the full advantage of what this team can do and the opportunity in front of it. As Jeff Fultman said Monday, they have gone through tough seasons and earned their flexibility and earned these options and earned this opportunity to have two lottery picks one more time, including the sixth pick in this draft. And perhaps we all anticipate this is their last chance to add a really talented player. To add a player that could be a whole lot more and give the Magic a young big three or a young group of stars. And you can't just pass up the best player available if, he is truly the best player available. Now, I'm not going to sit here to advocate for one player or another. That's what tomorrow's episode is for. Uh, But I'm still a big believer of, in the draft, you don't pick a slot. You're not picking sixth. So at the end of the day, you got to live with the player you pick. If all the mock drafts and everything says that, I'll use Jairus Walker as an example, that Jairus Walker is who you should pick at sixth, and you don't like Jairus Walker, either you come up with a trade to trade down, or you don't pick him. You pick your guy. And honestly, if your guy, if, if, if this Magic team really believes Scoot Henderson is the guy, and we'll talk about that in a minute, 
uh, later on in the show, and I won't say it in a minute. It's gonna be it's gonna be a few minutes. Um, if Scoot Anderson's really your guy, you go and get him. The point is drafting your slot is not doing the draft correctly. You are drafting a person. You are drafting a player. And so it is important, it is imperative, in fact, to make sure you get the player you want. This is, this is the heart of the biggest question the Magic face, especially at six. This is the heart of every debate, every conversation, everything that we have talked about for the last month. Do you take a player that fits or do you take the best player available? Do you take Asar Thompson, even though he is not a great shooter yet? Because he fits your style. He fits your identity. He gives you another long rangey defender. He gives you a cutter. He gives you a super athlete. Do you target and trade for an Amen Thompson for a lot of those same reasons? Or do you, you know, or, or you know, is Cam Whitmore that guy and, and you make sure you get Cam Whitmore, a guy who has shown some potentials as catch a cheap player, a, a guy who's a crazy good athlete, great touch around the basket, pin, you know, can pinball off people who's a big dude. There are questions about all of these guys. There's no perfect prospect. There's no seamless fit. Or do you pass on all those guys and take a Taylor Hendricks who fits this team really well, gives them another solid athletic four of rim protector, a guy who could and should be able to extend out to the NBA three-point line, given a little bit of time. Honestly, the, the sixth pick to me is the debate between drafting Asar Thompson and Taylor Hendricks. Do you take the big swing on a guy with upside? Or you take the guy that you're pretty sure you know exactly what he's going to be already. What do you do with the sixth pick? And, and, and again, conversely, how does that play with the 11th pick? Because, you know, is the 11th, you know, I do, I, I mean, honestly, like I subscribe to a split the baby approach here. I think that the Magic should be focused on getting one more bite at the apple, one more big swing on a star player, but then taking a safe player with the other pick. And so maybe that swing is Bilal Koulibaly at 11. And you, and, and you pass on a Grady Dick, perhaps. And you grab Taylor Hendricks and Bilal Koulibaly and call it a day. Or grab Taylor Hendricks and Derek Lively and call it a day. Or Cam Whitmore and Derek Lively and call it a day. How the Magic answer this question? And I don't, you know, again, like my answer is I think the Magic should take one more swing somewhere. I think the Magic should be willing to take, I think if there's a criticism of Jeff Weltman, it's been a fear of taking huge risk. And he's played he's he's played things safe but well. But at some point he's gonna have to take a risk on something, on someone. And it's gonna have ramifications for the team and its growth and development. Like I said earlier, this draft is a bonus, it feels like. The Magic have so many pieces in place. They need depth, so don't get me wrong, it's not important, not unimportant. But the results of this draft feel almost like a bonus beyond just resources spent. Because so much of the magic feels fairly complete. We'll talk about the big question coming for the magic at the 11th pick, which we touched on a little bit here. We'll get to that coming up here in just a moment. 
But first, it's time for a quick word from our friends over at BetterHelp. Let's get the banner up. This podcast is brought to you by BetterHelp. BetterHelp. Uh, we all need, we all have moments in our lives where we need some help. Like seriously, it's it's okay to reach out for help. It's okay to ask for someone's perspective. And more importantly, it's okay to ask for someone's perspective who is in your corner, someone who is truly on your side, a truly impartial person to give you perspective on the issues that you're dealing with and perhaps give you a little bit of clarity. Uh, I have been, I've used therapy throughout most of my life to help me with major life changes, to help me kind of manage my emotions at times and to to really just give me the help that I need because it, it could be a crazy world out there and we all need a moment for ourselves. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Find more balance with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash NBA today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash NBA. This is Jake from Locked On. Locked On has teamed up with State Farm to spotlight some of the greatest supporting players in NBA history. After beating the Heat led by LeBron James and Dwayne Wade in 2011, Dirk Nowitzki won an NBA title and proved himself to be one of the greatest basketball players of all time. But there was one player in the starting lineup for the last three games of the finals that helped support Dirk all the way to a championship, J.J. Barea. Led by J.J. and Jason Terry, the Mavs' second unit proved to be the strength throughout the playoffs, where they led the NBA in bench scoring. But for games 4, 5, and 6 in the NBA Finals, Mavs coach Rick Carlisle inserted Berea into the starting five to help the Mavs space the floor and put more playmaking around Dirk. J.J. Berea had a knack for running the pick-and-roll with Dirk that helped the Mavs score more efficiently on their run to a title. Dirk Nowitzki couldn't score the way he did if he didn't have much-needed support from someone like J.J. Berea. Sometimes, you and I need that kind of support, too. Think of State Farm like a pivotal team player. When you need help protecting the things that matter most, remember the jingle and just say, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Happy NBA Draft Eve. I know it is a celebration. It's a time of nervousness. There's so much going on. We're going to get to some of the happenings around the league here at the end of the show. But I want to remind you not to miss out on the Locked On NBA Draft live show on Thursday night. Pick-by-pick analysis from our stable of local NBA hosts, including me, national reaction from our NBA big board hosts, and live check-ins from inside the NBA Draft. Locked On NBA Draft live starting at 7.30 p.m. Eastern time. On the Locked On NBA YouTube page, I'll be hopping on there after the Magic's two picks, and we will chat plenty more about the draft, of course, on Friday's episode of Locked On Magic. But let's dive in. If the question if the question for the Magic entering the sixth pick, um, and really these are for both picks, but uh, the sixth pick, I'm, I'm kind of reserving for that. Um, the, the first question entering the Magic this draft, then, is... Do they go for a skill or do they take that one more big swing? And like I said, I think they should take one more big swing. So the next question then is probably the obvious one. Um, what skill do the Magic focus on in this draft? What skill is the one they want to fill? If, if, if we are going to fit for need, if we're going to make a pick for need, there's two picks here. So the Magic, 
you know, don't have to take big cuts on either of them. They can, they can take a, they can take a big swing on the first one, then make sure they get on base with the, with the, with the second one. But if, if, uh, if the magic have, they have a roster to fill, they have things they need to accomplish. They have needs they need to fill. So what skill set are they looking for? What is their primary target, their primary skill set that they're targeting here in the draft? And I think that's a really fair question. If you've been listening to the show at all, you know what my answer is. And, and I think that that answer gets more urgent now that one of the Magic's big free agent targets and Gary Trent Jr., or perhaps one of the Magic's big free agent targets, maybe he wasn't, and that's why he did what he did. Um, Gary Trent Jr. is going to opt into the final year of his contract and appear signed a long-term deal with the Toronto Raptors. So take Gary Trent Jr. off your free agent boards. He is gone. So that took out one of the better volume shooters in this draft and in this free agent class. And look, I've said it from the very beginning. I don't care if it's by trade. I don't care if it's by draft pick. I want Orlando to come out Friday night, Friday morning with a shooter on their roster. I love Osar Thompson. I think he's probably going to be the pick for the Magic um, at six. If you're going to draft Osar Thompson, you better make sure you are loading up with shooting with everything else you do. And that's why it feels almost too obvious that the Magic will take Gar- take Grady Dick with the 11th pick in this draft. That would be a heck of a pick. Um, you know, I, 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 it's it's obvious we're all very intently focused on him. And a lot of Magic fans just want the surety of shooting, even if there's less upside with Grady Dick, um, which I, I I think there is more upside than, than it seems. But I, I would say that, yes, his role is pretty well-defined. But at 11, just grab a solid player. Like, that's fine. That's why we're all focused on Grady Dick. And, and obviously, shooting is the big obsession for the Magic. It, it is hard to look at free agents. It's hard to look at other players without thinking, can these guys shoot? Because Marco Fultz, not a shooter yet. Um, maybe he will be, maybe he won't be. Um, Jalen Suggs, improved this year, but not a shooter yet. Not a, not a shooter that defenses respect. And, and that's, to me, that's always the bigger thing. It's not about how well you shoot. It's about how much defenses respect how well they think you shoot. And so that skill is very much on the radar. Taking a Grady Dick, taking a Jordan Hop. Jordan Hawkins. I don't think Kobe Bufkin will be there, but Kobe Bufkin would be an option there too. I've seen Magic fans get really into Jet Howard. 11's too high for Jet Howard. Um, But these are all, these are all the things that the Magic have to consider. And the Magic have to think about. But there are other skills the Magic need to fill too. They need a rim protector. They need a shot blocker. They need a backup center. And that makes Derek Lively such an enticing option. That on top of, there are not a lot of backup center options in free agency. It hasn't taken us long to get to, hey, let's sign Drew Eubanks. And look, Drew Eubanks had a great season in Portland. He's a very underrated player, but he's a taxpayer mid-level guy. He's going to get five, you know, $5 million at most per year. And look, that might be a bargain, so that might be worth doing, but... That's a skill set the Magic do need to fill. And, you know, there aren't options to do that necessarily in free agency. Whereas there are shooters beyond Gary Trent Jr. 
you know, you could go after Alani Walker. You could go after Bruce Brown. You could go after a Max Struess. You could go after Grant Williams, who the Magic have all been connected to a lot of these guys. It's uh, it's something the Magic do have to weigh and, and be a little strategic about. Now, granted, I do believe the Magic should pick their guy. You, you operate the draft independently of free agency, just to some extent. Um, if you know you're getting, uh, if if you already know which free agents you're getting, then yeah, the draft plays around with it. But the draft should be about talent first and foremost. Uh, I I will repeat that over and over again. The talent, the draft should be about talent first and foremost. And even if I break my own rules sometimes on that, I just I need that to be said. This is your opportunity to get talent. This is your opportunity to get cheap talent at that, and that's sometimes something you can't pass up. And so it, it is a question. Do you just take Derek Lively and, and groom him to be uh, groom him to be a backup center to start with, but maybe something more down the line? Um, do you, or do you take Grady Dick and play it safe and grab someone who you know exactly what he's going to give you and, and should be able to contribute quickly as a rookie? That's why this question about which skill set do you go for, which skill set do you target, especially at 11, it, it, it's the, these answers aren't easy. Um, I, I think the Magic sit here at the draft with a lot of opportunity, a lot of chances to do something really, really special and really, really cool. I I love where the Magic sit right now when it comes to the draft. I absolutely love it. But they have a lot of questions to answer. And... How they end, look, they could go a number of different ways. That the options, the options that the Magic have entering this draft is what really excites me. You know, we I asked these two questions and named six, seven, eight guys. And, and honestly, like, I have my questions about Cam Whitmore. I have my questions about Derek Lively. I have my questions about Asar Thompson. I have my questions about Taylor Hendricks. But all of those guys would really excite me. You know, Kobe Bufkin would really excite me. Kaysen Wallace would really excite me. Anthony Black would really excite me. I have questions about them. There, there are flaws. These are not perfect players. But the Magic have a lot of good options in front of them. And so how they answer these two questions that I posed today is going to lead them to their choices on drafting and what they're comfortable doing and what they ultimately want to accomplish. At the end of the day, what the Magic need to accomplish tomorrow, what the Magic need to get done on draft night, is they need to add two talented quality players to their roster. They need to make their team better by the players that they add, not just for next year, but for years down the road. And honestly, there are very few picks the Magic could make even Jairus Walker, who I'm not a fan of for this team. I think Jairus Walker's going to be a very good player. There are very few picks the Magic can make that will not accomplish this goal. And, and like I always say, when people complain about who the Magic draft, I was like, well, really, that's just you not trusting the front office. And I think this front office has earned a little bit of trust that they, they know what they're doing and they'll make the right pick in the end. There are transactions and trades happening around the Orlando Magic in the draft. I want to touch on a little bit of the, the 
rumors going around the rest of the league. We'll get to that coming up here in just a moment. But first, it's time for a quick word from our friends over at FanDuel. Baseball season is in full swing, and there's no better place to get in on the action than FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Because right now, new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's up to $1,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Just go to FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to join today. So don't miss your chance to snag a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 when you join FanDuel today. Just go to FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to sign up. FanDuel, official partner of Major League Baseball, Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late-season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Of course, uh, when it comes to the draft, the Orlando Magic are not operating within a vacuum. As much as we'd like to seal ourselves off from all the noise outside, um, and as much as the Magic do a very good job keeping themselves quiet, there is a lot of noise going on right now. A lot of stuff, a lot of stuff from people that you trust um, that could be a smokescreen stuff from people that you don't trust that could be real uh, or you don't quite trust, perhaps. But there's a lot going on. Um, I mentioned one of the things that, ha- that that's been happening around the league. Um, free agents are starting to opt in, opt out of their, their deadlines. The Magic have a big deadline on June 30th. We're going to go over free agency in a lot more detail next week, I promise. Um, we'll, hit on, we'll hit on a lot of that stuff uh, coming up soon. But, but free agency is starting to come, into, come into picture too. And so we talked a little bit about Gary Trent Jr. He was a big money target for the Orlando Magic. But he's opted to stay in his contract, which would suggest that he wasn't perhaps getting the offers that he was hoping for. Or honestly, like, I'll take Gary Trent. I'll take some of the reports at at their word that Gary Trent just likes being in Toronto and wants to stay in Toronto and wants to, you know, give the Raptors more time to figure themselves out and present him a contract offer. I I can't knock a guy for that as much as like it. It's there are a lot of interests in in where guys want to go and. Sometimes you just want to stay home and be comfortable where you are. So I'm not going to knock Gary Trent Jr. there. Take him off your free agency boards. And, and that was that was kind of one of the big money targets that the Magic had. So it certainly supports the, the notion that the Magic may be a little bit more careful and a little bit more strategic with how they spend their cap space this offseason. The other big free agent news that came down was that Kyle Kuzma will indeed opt out of his final year with the Washington Wizards. Whether that's to hold out for more money, um, trying to get you know a contract worth of twenty million dollars, or whether that's because he doesn't want to sit through a rebuild, Kyle Kuzma's on the board. And as much as Magic fans don't like him, he is at least a decent shooter, not a great shooter. He's very streaky, but he's someone to keep an eye on. Although I think he wants to start, and the Magic don't have a starting spot for him. So, so that's the free agent news. Uh, the other news came late last night. Adrian Wojnarowski of um, of ESPN reporting that the Charlotte Hornets appear to be set to take Brandon Miller from Alabama with the second pick in the draft. Not only did that ruin my mock draft, thank you to my subtext subscribers for 
uh, uh, for, for not bugging me about that too much. You could go ahead and ask me about it. It's fine. That's what subtext is there for. Um, but I, I've edited my mock draft since I sent you guys uh, the early look at the at the lottery. Um, I'm moved, I, I, I will take Woj at his word, and then Brandon Miller is going to go second, which moves Scoot Henderson down to three, which obviously just creates all kinds of complications for Portland. Um, I think Brandon Miller is a better fit for Charlotte than Henderson was, but the talent to me was too much. I would have taken Henderson, but Portland does not need Scoot Henderson. Portland, you know, as good as Scoot Henderson can be, and honestly, that'd be a great starting point for that team to rebuild uh, when, they, when, when they trade Dame Lillard. But if they're really trying to keep Damian Lillard, Scoot Anderson ain't the guy, um, you know, especially if they have Anthony Simons. And it wouldn't surprise me if there is a trade in the works that Portland moves out of three to try and get a veteran. Uh, I have long targeted Washington as a trade target. Ever since they traded Bradley Beal, Washington, I think, is more open to open for business than ever before. Um, so I think you could, you know, I've, I've been dealing, I've been thinking like six and stuff for Daniel Gafford and eight uh, for a long time. That's kind of been my trade idea. Um, it was actually something I did have on the table for the Lockdown NBA mock draft. We were debating over Denny Avdia and, and Corey Kispert a little bit. At the end of the day, I just determined Isaiah Hartenstein was bet, was a better player. That was Those were the two deals that I had on the table uh, for that mock draft that I was thinking about. Um, Hartenstein was a better player to me, so that's, that's the deal that I pursued. Um, we don't need to rehash all that again, but uh, I, I do think there's a framework for a deal for the Magic to move down from 6 to, to, to 8 with Washington. But I think Washington is probably your team that's going to try and make a play for Anthony Simons. Um, it would not surprise me if they come up with a deal of Porzingis, maybe also eight uh, for Simons. And, and I would hope that they would, I would, I would think they'd try and get three, but I don't know if they'd be able to get three and Simons. But I think, I think there's a framework for a deal with Washington. It would not surprise me if Washington tries very, very hard to kick off their rebuild to, to whatever this, whatever you want to call this phase of their, their process now to kick off this rebuild by getting Scoot Henderson, by, by taking Scoot Henderson with the third pick and, and starting their rebuild around him. Um, I think that is, I think that is very, very much in play uh, for Washington. And so you see how I, I, I bring this up and, and end our show this way to see that, okay, things happening around the draft matter for the magic. There is a lot of talk right now about, I think it's Utah really wants Anthony Black and fears Orlando is just going to straight out take him at six. Um, six is probably the start of Black's range. Would not surprise me the Magic draft Anthony Black. We have a scouting report up on him at OrlandoMagicDaily.com right now. Would not surprise me if the Magic do just end up taking Anthony Black. Um, he is he's a very good player. Very good defender. Big point guard. Magic love those kinds of guys. Would not surprise me if that is the direction that this team goes. Um, it is... It's definitely a, it's definitely going to be interesting to see how these things play out. And look, the Magic, I love, I love how they operate on their own. I love how they kind of duck their heads and do their work, do their thing. But all this stuff going on around them, whether it's real or not, is going to affect them. You know, a, a, an idea they may have had lower in the draft may be changing now that it looks like Portland's going to end up with Scoot Henderson at three, and, and Portland doesn't want Scoot Henderson at three. They certainly don't want Amen Thompson either. You know, maybe Cam Whitmore is a better fit. So maybe the, moving down to five, maybe maybe they would, maybe that would open the door up 
for the Magic to trade up to three. Use six and 11, maybe throw in Jonathan Isaac for some salary fodder, um, you know, some some free money and, and maybe someone who can help them to, to, to get to three. I don't think that does the job because I think Portland wants more solid players. They want players who are going to contribute immediately. Um, and the Magic don't really have that outside of Gary Harris and 13 million ain't, you know, it's not going to kill you, but that's not enough to get Scoot Henderson. And I don't think the Magic want to give up the Denver pick. You know, maybe they maybe they give up the six and eleven and the Denver pick for for three. I'm really bad at trades, if you can tell. Uh, I'm good at frameworks for trades. I'm good at like setting up the parameters and saying, eh, there's something there, there's something not something there. Um, but I, I have a hard time believing that Orlando can get in with Portland to go get Scoot Henderson or Amen Thompson, whoever they would like at three. Um, but maybe they can. Maybe the Magic are willing to give up more than we anticipate. Maybe. Scoot Henderson is a guy that the Magic would be willing to trade Markel Fultz for. I don't think they would do that. I don't think Portland would want Markel Fultz, but you have to ask these questions. And and now that these doors seem to be opening in the final 48 hours before the draft, you have to start thinking and wondering aloud about a lot of these things. There's going to be a lot more happening. The things I say in this episode might be outdated in the next hour. So listen, listen quick, Um, but um, you're already at the end. So it's, it's done. Uh, but um, but this is the exciting part of the draft. It's the mystery part of the draft. It's 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 anything can happen um, in the next again twenty four hours, twenty thirty six hours, whatever it is. I I don't I don't math well. Um, anything can happen as the magic prepare for this opportunity and and, and for and for this to happen. Um, but here we are. We got our big questions. We see some things happening around us, and we'll see how it all plays out very very soon. But I want to thank you for listening to today's episode of Lockdown Magic. Of course, find me on Twitter at R underscore OMD. Subscribe to the podcast and Apple Podcasts. Hit your tune in Himalaya, Google Play, Spotify, Odyssey, and all the public signal. You download podcasts to your podcast-enabled listening device. For the latest on the Orlando Magic, be sure to check out orlandomagicdaily.com. You can follow us there on Twitter at omagicdaily. We're starting to think about some free agency stuff on the site. We got our profile on Anthony Black. I'm going to maybe try and get one more draft profile on Kobe Bufkin up before the draft as well. I can't make promises on that. I will have Mock Draft 3.0 up later today. I am out of the lottery, so I'm going to burn through the last 16 picks. Um, and then uh, we will have second-round options as well uh, on, the, on the site for tomorrow. That's what we'll discuss tomorrow on tomorrow's episode of Lockdown Magic for my everyday crew. We want to thank our everyday crew for listening every day. Tomorrow, we're going to talk about all the options. We're just going to review every player that we think the Magic will take with six, with 11, and then who we are targeting with Magic's 36 pick because we've neglected the 36 pick um, because the Magic tends to neglect the 36 pick as well. We'll get to all that on tomorrow's episode of Locked on Magic. But until then, for Orlando Magic Daily and Locked on Magic, this has been Philip Ross and Reich. We'll see you all again next time for another episode of Locked on Magic. Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.